0: Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul and my co-host Justin Baker. Uh, Justin,
1: I need a moment of silence so you go ahead and speak. (laughs) Yeah, I'm terribly, terribly sorry, Mark. Um, Let me just say after being a fan, well I mean I shouldn't say being but still a fan of the Red Wings organization. um, So three... Playoff exits in the first round, the last time they made the playoffs. And let's see, what? Maple Leafs haven't won, I think I saw it last night. They haven't won a series since 2004. Oh four, yeah. I was
0: a senior in high school.
1: Yeah, it's, I, you know, Toronto's had a lot to be excited about these last couple years. And last night was kind of, like, up until the beginning of the third period, I was so pumped. I'm like, dude, Leafs are are doing it. and I, I mean, I even told you I picked them to go to the conference finals in my bracket yep. to to get past Tampa and there goes that. But man, that was just such a letdown of a third period.
0: I had someone text me and say, if the Leafs win tonight, my bracket is perfect. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, well, that didn't happen. Uh, which a pretty good, that's a pretty good bracket though. If you get uh, yeah seven out of eight, it's I mean, with how crazy hockey can be. Uh, I mean, here, here's my take on it. Uh, it was a, an unbelievable game. You couldn't have asked for a more fun game seven. You know, the worst kind of game seven is the two to one, one to nothing, where nobody will take a chance. And right, it was just go for it all over the place. I mean, Kapanen's shorthanded goal was one of the nicest goals I've Love seen it. in a while, uh, especially by a guy who is just an up and comer, kind of unknown no namer. Of course everybody knows his dad, but uh, he he was actually a, a part of the Phil Kessel trade, if you remember. Uh, and and so uh, yeah. I, I think there was there was a lot of really great action and I mean it was one one or one nothing one one two. I mean, it was one one two two three three four four. Like, how how much better of a a nail biter can you ask for? And I mean, would I've preferred to be five nothing Leafs? Absolutely. But it was a great game from a hockey fan perspective. I mean, really, it was it was like a a one or two goal game because Boston scored that five four goal, and with you know just. 5 6 minutes left the Leafs are pushing and they're they're pinching deep and they're you know they're they're trying to maybe cheat a little bit to spark some offense and it doesn't work out and there's the sixth goal so i mean really the the extra goals came as a result of them trying for it because it's game 7 and you're just going to go for it you have to so it's yep. uh in in my mind that game was it was a one goal game, even though it's funny, it's a three goal game and it really it felt like a one goal game the whole way through. I mean, one of the best game sevens that I've ever watched. And if I wasn't a Leafs fan and I was just watching it, I I would say that I loved it. I mean, it was a blast. And and I, I would still say, even even as a Leafs fan, even as losing, it was a great game to watch. There was a lot of infuriating mistakes made by different guys. And <laughs> but ultimately You know, everybody's on Jake Gardner, and he came out after the game and said he takes responsibility and that he didn't show up. And I I mean, yes, he made some bad mistakes, but all of this just comes back to show me that the Leafs, like we've known this whole year, the thing that would be their detriment would be their lack of depth on the blue line. And while Jake Gardner is a very good defenseman, there was... I mean, especially Morgan Riley missing some parts of the first period. So that made Gardner have to play a little more minutes than, uh, than normal. And so I, I think it just shined a light, the fact that Hainsey was pretty bad all series. And and it, Hainsey was good in the regular season. But come playoff time, when there was matchups and guys are playing to his weaknesses and they you're studying individual players more intensely, it just – he's not a guy that can play – a top two role. That's really what he was playing when he's playing with Riley. Same with Polak. He Polak. I mean, they're both playing the top four role. It's just, it's not going to work. And I think moving forward, I mean, you're going to see Dermot sneak up the lineup more in, in terms of defensive minutes. And you will uh, hopefully, you know, they address their need for a, maybe a a more legitimate top four. So.
1: Yeah. Um, Just to kind of, Go on top of that, too, and I know it wasn't very good either on the other end, but, man, a couple of those goals by Freddie Anderson were just brutal. I'll say this. Just
0: brutal. Without Freddie Anderson, there's no game seven. No, absolutely. Same with Jake Gardner. Without Jake Gardner, Jake Gardner played very, very well in games five and six. So I, I just think eventually you knew that Bergeron line would break through again. It was just a matter mm-hmm. of time, and you're right. I mean, some of those goals were really bad. I mean, it was just, t- it was a tough break. But what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, if you let yep. in seven, six goals, you're probably not going to win.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> probably not going to win. And, and I mean, on the other end too. I mean, Rask did not look very good at all this series, or even for that matter, last night. And uh, another big question for the Leafs is, where was Austin Matthews this entire series?
0: Well, really, if you if you look at his underlying numbers, he actually had quite good numbers. He was like a 54% Corsi, and uh-huh. you know, he had four shots on goal in game seven. He, he I, I think that because of the line that he was matched up against so often, there's only so much you can do. But I, I think that he actually had a pretty decent game. He produced – I mean, if you, if you look at guys in the top – end of the league in terms of possession and shots. If you got four shots on goal every game and you had a 54% Corsi, you'd be a top 10 player in the NHL. So, there's a, in terms of those those things, I mean, I, I think that it just you know, he didn't score, but sometimes you don't score. You know, you're not always going to score in a Game 7. I mean, as, as nice as it was that Justin Williams became Mr. Game 7 because he had <laughs> two random good Game 7s, yes, does he play hard? Absolutely, but I mean, he had Game Sevens before that, and he had Game Sevens after that, and he wasn't the man. So it just it just kind of is what it is. I, I don't th- I don't read into anything that you know he he's not going to show up in the playoffs or because he was he was dynamite last year, and I I think that it was just a matter of the matchup being so out of his favor. Because I mean, remember he's also playing with Connor. He was playing with Connor Brown and Zach Hyman two. They're they're both fine players, and Zach Hyman's a great four-checker, But uh, I mean, there's there's a lot less skill to match up against. You know, Matthews. Okay, let's say Matthews takes out Bergeron. Well, you still got Pasternak, who's clearly better than Hyman,
1: and you have Marshan, who's worlds better than C- Connor Brown. So oh yeah, there's that's, only I mean, so much you can do. That's the one thing I I don't understand. Like I get it. You want to create separation. You want to be able to roll three or four lines and. You want to get guys like Nylander and Marner opportunities away from from that line, but like at, at some point you have to say, especially like in Game Seven when when they started losing in the third period, I rarely I saw a couple times where you know you saw Matthews out there with with Marlow or stuff like that, but it, it seemed more out of desperation as the the clock was ticking, and and not once during the series did I ever really look at Matthews and see him paired up with a lot of skilled guys for long periods of time.
0: Yeah, you'd like to see. There was actually in the first period, Matthews, I believe, took a face off with Marner and Marlow on the ice with him. And mm-hmm. I think that was his best chance to score. Yeah. So I, I and I, yeah, I, I would love to see it. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what you need to do at certain times. I mean, it's like Chicago. At certain times in the playoffs, they would drop Taves and Kane together for a couple periods and then they'd pull them away. Yep. You know, it's just. You maybe need to not be so rigid with the lines. But uh, I I really, it when all is said and done, that series was very strange. If you go back and you look at it, you're going to go, what? They lost? How m-? I can't even remember the score of game one. Game one was, what, 5-1 or 6-1 or something like that? Yeah. And, uh, and game two is 7-3. And <laughs> it's just such disparities in, in the In the score, 5-1, 7-3, then the Leafs won 4-2, Boston wins 3-1, 4-3, 3-1, 7-4. I mean, those are, that's a ton of scoring, especially considering we had one series where there was 11 goals scored in four games. (laughs) And there was a game in this series where there was 11 goals in one game. Yeah. In the Bruins' (laughs) wins, they scored 22 goals in four games. That's crazy. But I mean, anyway, so I I think that the Bruins will lose to the Lightning and uh this'll all be it'll all be pretty moot because I I don't see them beating the Lightning are nice and rested and like the Tampa Bay owner said, I hope the Leafs and the Bruins beat the crap out of each other and I think that uh that would somewhat be true. They'll come in Saturday at three PM, a very random time to start that series. Uh, that is uh, yeah, I think going to be probably Tampa and six is my my guess there. Hmm. Speaking okay. of which, shall we break down that series? Because we we did in our previous podcast, we uh, broke down a couple of the series, the Winnipeg Jets and the uh, the Predators, and we mm-hmm. talked the Sharks and the Knights, but we did not talk Eastern Conference, so let's hit the Eastern Conference and see uh, see what we have with the Lightning and the Bruins. So, let's do it. Initial thoughts uh, goaltending, who has the edge?
1: I think if you're looking at both previous series and maybe where they were coming in, I think right now you have to give the edge to Tampa Bay considering how poorly Rask looked in that last series against Toronto.
0: Yes. Yeah, Rask he had some he had some brain fart of some games. Yeah. And Vasilevskiy with an
1: 899 save percentage.
0: Yeah, at the same time, you go okay. Boston was obviously able to keep up scoring against a very good goalie, mind you. It's not like yes. Anderson's some bottom feeder goalie. So, right. I think Boston. Boston, that top line. Who are they going to pair that top line against? Or who? Better yet, which? Who's Bruce Cassidy going to say? All right, we're playing the Bergeron line against Kucherov and and whoever his centerman is. Stamkos most likely so
1: from what I'm what I'm hearing is yes I think ideally Boston would like to try to get Bergeron out there against Stamkos but um John Cooper is from what I've heard is going to try to match up um that Braden Point Tyler Johnson and Palat line up against Bergeron which I am very excited to see that matchup
0: oh yeah don't worry guys they're still gonna cycle the puck like maniacs around you no I (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> sorry, but that's just I mean it's going to all be all about stopping the cycle. And it took the Leafs two games to figure out how to stop their cycle. And it wasn't until that third game when they finally started to keep guys down low and they just stopped covering the points, but then that left the points open and the Bruins kept getting, you know, able to get shots through and they were scoring goals from the point. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a double edged sh- sword there. But who would you rather beat you, you know, Mar- or Marshan Bergeron Pasternak, or you know, take your chances with Krug and Chara and M- McAvoy shooting the puck. Uh, right, Kr- Krug was very good in that series actually. Krug was probably Boston's best defenseman by far. Chara yeah, I looked would agree. Chara looked pretty uh, rough in Game Seven. There's a few times when he just lost the puck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he just had it on his stick, and it was just hopping on him, and he looked a little bit out of sorts. So we'll, we'll see if that has any plays any factor. If maybe he's played a lot of games this year or what, the, what have you.
1: Yeah, and I I honestly think when you when you're talking about blue lines here, uh, to me the biggest difference is going to be the blue lines, and what I mean by that is <clears throat> you look at a guy like Victor Hedman, for instance, right? He is—he's a big body guy, just like Chara. I mean, obviously not as big, but he's gonna—he's gonna throw himself around his weight around the same way Zdeno Chara does. But I think what ultimately makes the difference in the series is the fact that the Lightning have Ryan McDonough and Strawman on that second pairing.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna there. There's a lot of mobility, a lot of really good transition, and just shut down with those mm-hmm. with that pairing. So, yeah, and and the nice thing for Tampa Bay, where Boston really needs to be. On it in terms of putting Chara and McAvoy out against uh, out against Tampa's top players, whereas yeah. Tampa has a lot more leeway because they can, it doesn't really matter who, who do you want out there, Hedman or McDonough out
1: against their big line. Right, you got two potential top ten defensemen right there.
0: Right, and and the question for me is, can Rick Nash break through? I mean, he did he did create a lot of offense in that series in the series against the Leafs. But he ultimately wasn't a big factor on the score sheet. So does Rick Nash play a bigger role? And I think he needs to if the Bruins are going to win.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Um, Anything else you want to hit on in that series besides uh, a prediction?
1: Uh, No, I think you're going to have um, two teams that can roll. Um, And now you look at last night with Boston DeBrusque coming through I think he's starting to to get some confidence he's shining and I think you know Boston's going to be able to roll three lines here same as Tampa and uh, and I'm excited to see the matchups how they play out in this series
0: Saturday at 3 p.m. is when that series starts so they Good. uh they really really don't want anyone watching game one <laughs>
1: well I think that's because think no one would people. anyways right <laughs> yeah, well, I think they, they want people to watch that game, but I think more or less they're looking for people to watch the 8 o'clock game, which is Las Vegas.
0: Yes, and do you know what's happening during that game? Did you hear how they're going to do the draft lottery? Oh,
1: no, I did so, not.
0: So they just announced it either today or yesterday that what they're going to do is before the game, during the pregame, they're going to announce uh, 15... Through, or not, yes, is it 15, right? Yeah, because there's, yep. yeah. No, 14. Yeah, 15, because there's 31. 15 right. through four, they're going to announce in the pregame. And what? then in the second intermission, they're going to announce three, two, and one. Stop. I don't, yep. No. Yep. No, I, no. That's what they're no. going to do. So they are, they're basically going, you know what? We need to make people watch this game. That's my Gary uh, Batman. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. The thing for me is that I would watch the game anyways, but I mean, you're going to know who won like, Oh wow. That team won a lottery pick. You know, if you're, if we see Buffalo way back, it's going to be like, Oh no. (laughs) Poor Buffalo. (laughs)
1: Uh, well, all right. So my prediction, Boston, Tampa, I'm with you. I've got Tampa and six for this one.
0: Okay, Tampa in six. Well, let's go to Washington and, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins because we're really not allowed to have a different second round out of the Metro. It just no. has to be Penguins-Capitals every time. <laughs> uh, okay, well, what's the, the, the biggest difference between this year's series and, say, the last two? two years they've had to play each other
1: I think Washington coming into this year they have less pressure on them not being this number one president trophy winning team with all these expectations and while there are still a little expectations in my opinion I I think it's it's far less than it was the last two years And I think now you shift over to the Penguins who have expectations to 3 here and you look at, for instance, Malkin going to be out for game one, no Haglin for games one or two at the minimum here. I think the Capitals have a great opportunity right now to take advantage of that. And with with little pressure and Braden Holtby is sort of playing with a chip on his shoulder, having not started those first two games. You're going to see, you know, a, a different a different capital squad, I think, this time around. Yeah, my. I, I just don't, even even without
0: Malkin, can anyone contain Sidney Crosby on the Capitals? Because I, I think that when you look at round one with the Flyers, there was the only player that could sort of keep Crosby in a box, maybe a little bit, was Couture, and mm-hmm. he, he, he couldn't do it. <laughs> there no, there and- was no containing Crosby. And so my worry for the Capitals is that, they have less depth, not only defensively but offensively. There's less guys that are scoring goals. Ovechkin just had one of the best series that he's had in his career against the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. I mean, he Ovechkin looks like he's a man on a mission, and I love it. I, I think I I kind of am. I see. I'm. I've always been. You know, I, I've rooted for the Penguins. I really like Crosby, and the Leafs were really bad. As the mm-hmm. Penguins were coming up, so it was very easy to, you know, hey, I'm going to pick this team and cheer for them, and they were good. And plus, they played Detroit in the final, and everyone hated them. And I, <laughs> I you know, at the time, I was like, I hate the Red Wings. Uh, <laughs> I, and so it was just easy to cheer for them. And so I, yeah. they, they're, they continually are my Eastern Conference girlfriend team. Uh, so okay. I'm cheering for them, but at the same time, I'm kind of hoping that Washington can maybe pull it out. But I won't be mad if they don't, but I won't be mad if they do, if that means anything to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I – okay. When you look at, for instance, Crosby, I don't I, – I agree with you. I don't think anybody is going to be able to match up well against him. I think the best hope for the Capitals is that you have John Carlson – uh, Nicholas Backstrom on the ice, trying to contain him as much as possible, and you hope Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, um, you know, even a little further down in the depth chart, guys like Larzeller, who, who are who seem pretty decent, as you know, and their their roles down there. I think you hope that those guys can produce while Backstrom is out there trying to contain or at least go point for point with Crosby at this at this rate.
0: Well, Matt Murray needs to be a lot better in this series than he was in the first. Yes, absolutely. So I think that'll be... I mean, actually, I guess funny, uh, he did have a shutout in, in the first <laughs> series. But yes, Braden Holtby, you're right. He does seem like he's extra focused. Um, he got a lot of rest. And so mm. maybe that'll that's beneficial for him. I did wonder with Frederick Anderson if, if the rest was a factor because he kept playing down the stretch, and I thought that was funny. Um, which... Rask got quite a bit of – he didn't play nearly as many games as he usually does because Q came in and had that nasty stretch for a while. But right. I, I'm just – I'm looking at this series, and I truly don't see a different result. It's going to be Peng, the Penguins again. I, I really – I think that the Penguins could win in five. I wow. think this one could be over in a hurry. I, That's bold. Even without Malkin and Hagelin I, it, doesn't I mean, it doesn't even matter.
1: It doesn't even
0: matter. I mean I think okay, yeah, maybe the Caps can if here here's here's the difference. If the Capitals can steal game one, uh then maybe we've got a little more of a series. But I don't the Penguins have no problem going into Washington and winning some games. That's not an issue. No, not at all. They, they've done it dozens of times, literally dozens of times. It just it just doesn't seem like we'll see a different result, but I I at least hope that this is a deep series. I think all of us are hoping all four of these series go further than the, you know, the sweeps in the five games. And, and I think, you know, I was, I was uh, reading a tweet earlier that was saying, that was talking about, you know, the, the playoff format. And and of course everybody kind of bitches about, you know, oh, we wish that the playoffs were like, you know, the certain matchups would happen or, or that this, Washington Pittsburgh matchup wouldn't happen so often. It's kind of annoying and yada yada. You know, people give their stuff. But now listen, yeah. Here's the current NHL. So so right now, obviously we have Pittsburgh, Washington, Tampa, Boston, Nashville, Jet Winnipeg, Vegas, and San Jose. Here is what the old format would have brought us. Nashville versus San Jose. Winnipeg versus Vegas. Tampa Bay versus Pittsburgh, and Boston versus Washington. I would say all four of those series are lesser series than what we're seeing in the second round this year.
1: Yeah, I would agree in terms of just pure excitement. For instance, I think that Nashville-San Jose series would kind of be a dud, in my opinion. Nobody would watch that. Although
0: although Nashville and San Jose could play in the second or the third round. Right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, um, you know, Winnipeg-Vegas would be intriguing, but it it definitely would be nowhere near as fun as watching Winnipeg and Nashville right now.
0: This is, this is very true. Yeah. Uh,
1: Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's
0: give your prediction for the Capitals penguins series.
1: I have my caps winning this in seven games.
0: I didn't realize that they were your caps.
1: They, I own part of the team. Yes. (laughs) Is it like the
0: Packers and you can buy a little stock in the team?
1: Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I would definitely buy stock in the Red Wings if that cool. was an
0: option. That'd be very cool. Um, yeah, I'm going Penguins in five. As I, wow, as I, I previously I, I'm said.
1: okay with the prediction of the Penguins, but putting them in five games, I, I can't buy that at all. Yeah, but do you series. think that
0: anyone would have said Vegas in four?
1: No, San Jose yeah, no. in
0: four. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it mean, it, it's just sometimes it happens, and so I, sure. okay. I really, I. Don't see the Capitals have their their lack of depth is going to kill them at this point. Although, and and frankly, I think that they got pretty lucky against Columbus to to win that series. I don't think they should have won that series, anyways. Uh, I think if there's one series that I look at and I go, uh, probably the other team should have won. It's that one. Columbus probably should have beat Washington, uh, but well, of course, I could say the Leafs, but that would be that would be too homer. <laughs> To homer. Well, uh, I believe that is our show, as we both need to run. But uh, the playoffs start tonight. In the you know, we recorded this on, on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Sorry. So I hope you enjoyed those games, and we will talk to you very soon. You can hit us on Twitter at ot hockey talk. Oh, I did want to read our. Uh, I did want to read a comment from one of our from one of our listeners oh, off yeah. there in
1: uh,
0: good old Sydney, Australia. I just have to pull it up.
1: Please say it's Chris Hemsworth, Mister Thor himself. Uh,
0: you know, if Chris Hemsworth listens to the show, uh, then I'm, you know, I I'd be beside myself. But I d- <laughs> I doubt he's a big hockey guy. That's just my my little prediction that he's not. Right. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Here is our here is our comment from uh, our friend in Australia. It says, "Good day, Mark. Just wanted to take a moment to let." Justin and yourself know that I'm loving what you guys are doing with your OT Hockey Talk podcast. I'm relatively new to listening to podcasts, but as a big NHL fan living in Sydney, Australia, you guys have been able to open my eyes up a lot more to what is happening in and around the league. Ice hockey in Australia sadly doesn't have a huge fan base. Big shocker. Resulting in not many perspectives of the sport. I love what you guys are doing and spreading your name with my mates. Keep up the great work. So, hello to everyone in Australia listening. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we hope to answer some of your questions and get some of your comments and feedback on Twitter. You yourself can tweet at us, at O.T. Hockey Talk, and you can find us on Facebook as well, Overtime Hockey Talk. We hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon.